As we hear our first scripture read, it comes from Psalm 139, some select verses. Listen to how intimately God knows us and loves us. How God created us in love and calls all of God's works wonderful. Listen now for God's word. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Listen to our scripture reading from Mark. This is the story of the transfiguration. When God's glory shone through Jesus so much from the inside out that Jesus glowed and radiated. Listen for God's presence in this story and the way that God speaks about Jesus. Hear the word of God. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. May these words, God, speak your truth. May our hearts be open to hearing your word, whatever that word may be. And may our lives be transformed by your grace. Amen. So have you ever been scared? Really scared? Like to the point that you would say you were living in fear? Think back to that time. Because that image, that sensation is what used to come up for me when I read Psalm 139, the first scripture we heard today. It didn't make much sense. The psalmist says, I praise God for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How can fear and wonder go together and why is it praiseworthy? So I struggled with that for years. Then somewhere along the way, I learned that in the Hebrew scriptures, the word that's translated to fear is more like awe. So it would read something like, I praise God for I am made in awe and wonder. Then along came Mickey. She was a colleague of mine at the Pastoral Counseling Center in Dallas, Texas, where we were both staff therapists. And Mickey came to the U.S. from Israel. 
Her faith tradition was Jewish, and her first language is Hebrew. So I asked her one day to translate this verse in Psalm 139 for me. She looked in her Hebrew language Bible, and she read the verse in question, and she got a really searching look on her face. She said there's no word in English that adequately fits this Hebrew word. Then she lit up, and she got animated, and she said she uses this word when she talks with her children. She reached out her hands as if she was going to grasp the cheeks of one of her children, and the look on her face was of absolute joy and love as she showed me how she would use this word with her child. Her English translation was, Oh, I love you so much! That's exactly what she did. And she held her arms together as if her child were right there in her embrace. She was so filled with love and joy, she could hardly contain herself. And that was in the absence of her children. She she was just thinking about them. And that encounter with Mickey was the first time that I fully understood how much love and joy is expressed in Psalm 139. Every time I read it now, I picture Mickey reaching out to love and touch and embrace her child, and I imagine God in that role with me. Oh, I love you so much. So to be fearfully and wonderfully made is to be created in such awe and wonder, such absolute love, that it's beyond words in this language. God searches us and knows us and creates us, and loves us. We are all God's children, and we are all loved that completely, that intimately, without qualification. Wonderful are God's works, which makes us all wonderful, and leads to the question, when was the last time you let yourself feel that wonderful? to believe that you are that amazing to your very core of your being? What if we all lived with that knowledge all the time, knowing deep in our souls, in every cell of our beings, that we are wonderful, we are loved beyond words, we are awe-inspiring? Might our view of ourselves be different? If we leaned into the truth of ourselves as living in God's abiding love, what if we viewed others as being that lovable, that wonderful? Would our relationships look any different if we lived into that deep and intimate level of knowing that we are created in more love than we could ever imagine? Sometimes we may have moments of that knowing, of being so in love with God that we love ourselves even more than before, of loving ourselves so much that we treat others in a love that is so great it can only come from God. I had one of those moments a number of years ago. I was just emerging from a a really dark time in my life. I'd experienced a heartbreaking and wrenching breakup. And my world was turned on its head. I spent a significant amount of time healing and getting myself back on solid ground. And it got into a place where I was again filled with joy. 
And Marjorie, who hadn't seen me in some time, came up to me on one Sunday morning before worship, and she said, you're looking great, Shannon. Are you dating someone? Apparently, when she saw me glowing and radiating with joy, she assumed that that must stem from a new love with some new guy. And I was so happy to say that my joy wasn't based in a man. And I blurted out, no, I'm in love with God. (laughs) It wasn't quite the response she was expecting. And truthfully, I was a little surprised to hear the words coming out of my mouth. But when I thought about it, I I knew that it was true. I had emerged from this deep darkness with my solid foundation intact. I remembered who I was as a beloved child of God. Somehow, somewhere, that knowing had gotten lost in the midst of a difficult relationship with a painful ending. But I was back on track, and it was obvious so much so that Marjorie could see it all over my face. In our gospel story today, we hear about an encounter with God that that changed a person's appearance. Jesus is standing on the mountain, and his clothes begin to glow, dazzling white, the gospel writer says, such that no one on earth could bleach them. In biblical metaphors, That kind of radiance is a sign of heavenly happenings. It cues the reader that this wondrous event is of God. We are alerted to pay close attention to what is happening because it's very important. It reveals God. This event is an epiphany, an unexpected manifestation of God. And just in case there's any question about God's presence in the moment, We hear the voice of God saying, This is my son, my beloved. We who know the whole story of Jesus know that Jesus showed us how to live and did so as one of us, even to the point of dying like us. God's relationship with Jesus is a model for us of how God wants to be in relationship with us. Just as Jesus' resurrection reveals what is possible for us, that God will save all of God's children, so too his transfiguration opens our eyes to see that God loves each one of God's children as a beloved child. We can hear God's words as spoken directly to us, you are my child, the beloved. Those are intimate words. They express a deep and abiding love. God loves us. We are God's beloved. Yet far too often we resist receiving that intimate level of love from God. We know God loves us, but, well, there are some undesirable parts of us. Surely God doesn't love that part, too. That's wrong. God searches you and knows you, all of you, and loves you, even you, every cell of your being, as intimately as possible, you are God's beloved. And you are just because you exist, just because you were created. Okay, so it's one thing to know that God loves us. 
It's quite another to take it in, to really take it in, to breathe in God's loving spirit, to let God's unconditional love rest in every cell of our body. When we accept that love, when we take on the role of beloved, we put on Christ and our self-definition changes. No longer are we first and foremost the sinful, unworthy humans trying to win God's favor or bumbling about through life hoping for the best or fighting demons of shame, defining ourselves by our mistakes. No. When we identify ourselves first and foremost as God's beloved children, we free ourselves to live in love, to experience ourselves as people of joy and hope. People who make mistakes, yes, but who are not defined by those mistakes. We know where we stand with God, so we don't have to spend our energy and our resources trying to prove ourselves. We're not unworthy. In fact, worthiness is not even a factor. We are loved, we are good, wonderful no less, and we can lean into that. God's love is transformational. When we're loved, we're changed. We understand ourselves in a different way than before we experienced that love. In the transfiguration, Jesus' encounter with God showed in the clothes that he wore. He was not just transformed on the inside, but God's love and glory radiated through him in a way that showed externally. That is what happens when we experience God intimately. It shows on the outside to people around us. It's not just a personal experience or an inward transformation. No, it is a transfiguration, a spiritual transformation that radiates through our whole being to the point that it changes our appearance. Like the encounter I had with Marjorie, she saw something different in me, and what she saw was God in me. I let myself be defined in that moment as God's beloved child, and it showed So not only are we changed when we're loved, but we also can't experience love without responding in some way. Not because we're supposed to, but because we can't help ourselves. Love that is pure, love that comes from God, always elicits some kind of response from us. And that response is life-giving and joyful. So a baby who is loved, which I know a little bit about babies right now, A baby who is loved may respond with a smile or a coo or an outstretched hand. A child who is loved may respond with a hug or may share a toy or a treat. A teenager or an adult who is loved may go about with a a more positive attitude, lifted spirits, maybe exuding joy and, and positive energy to others. And these are simple, everyday examples of of how we tend to respond to expressions of love. And they merely scratch the surface of possible responses to the transforming love of God in Christ. Imagine the potential if all parents believed themselves to be God's beloved children and were transformed by that knowing and responded joyfully and freely in love with their children. Or our politicians or our world leaders, 
Imagine if we as communities of faith practiced being God's beloved, embraced God's transformation, and responded beyond our communities from God's love. What would it mean if your primary identity was that of God's beloved? Might you view yourself differently? Might you view others differently? How might you understand yourself differently within your family or at work or even within this community of faith? What stands in the way of you taking in and accepting God's love more fully than you do right now? We are about to enter this season of Lent. Ash Wednesday is this week. This is a time for us to intentionally open our souls to God and humbly recognize our shortcomings and let go of the obstacles that keep us from receiving God's love on a deeper level. During the six weeks of Lent, we are invited and encouraged to move toward God, allowing God to move in us and transform us. And that doesn't necessarily mean a complete overhaul. Maybe there's some aspect of our lives that we hold back from God or, or some place that we don't accept God's love fully. There may be some specific thing that we want God to make new in our lives, an attitude or a belief, a relationship or occupational issue, a habit or behavior, anything that binds you or hinders your full acceptance of God's love for you. And I challenge you to consider Within yourself, what holds you back from fully defining yourself as beloved, as created in absolute love, and living into that love even now as you are? Use Lent as a time to let God help you remove the obstacles and be made new again. Allow God to not only transform you, but to transfigure you, to radiate through you, such that you are different on the outside, inside, and it shows on the outside. The journey of Lent can be difficult as we face ourselves and our shortcomings, but it's also freeing as we let go of the junk that we hold inside and, and we make space for God, for more peace, for more love, for more joy. Therefore, I little self-promotion, I want to invite you to the Wednesday evening soup suppers and Lenten classes. It'll be a time of support for your Lenten journey, as well as for your ongoing faith journey. We all need a meaningful relationship with God, and we may not be quite as proficient as we would like at nurturing one. The Wednesday evening class will give us a basic understanding of the nature of our inner life with God and how to nurture that relationship so we can go deeper as we are led. We'll explore various forms of prayer and meditation and, and help you find ways that are best for you. So if any of the questions that I posed a few moments ago sparked in you curiosity or thoughts or ideas or maybe answers, this class will help you to explore those issues personally with God. If you couldn't think of any way in which you need God more, this class can help you to listen and open yourself to what God is saying to you in your life. Or if everything is perfect in your relationship with God, the class can help support that and build on that perfection. So wherever you are in your faith journey, 
in your relationship with God, this can be a nice time for support on the Lenten journey. Adults and children are all welcome, and there's no experience needed, just your life experience. So I pray that throughout this season of Lent and even beyond, that each of us may move one step closer to knowing that we are created in awe and wonder, in love beyond words. May we continue to journey toward living in the knowledge and the experience of being God's beloved children, toward responding to God's amazing, transforming love and grace as individuals and as a community. May we faithfully journey to that Easter day when God brings new life again in our lives. And may God support us on this journey that is at once painful and liberating. Amen.